0: Okay, hey Frontier Church, um, I can't believe this, but tomorrow is our second to last sermon in our sermon series on 1st John. And then after we finish this sermon series, we're going to start a new sermon series on... Can you guess it? After 1st John, we're going to start a new sermon series on the spiritual disciplines. Guys, it's going to be a seven-week sermon series that bridges the gap between 1 John and our yearly Advent sermon series, but it's not just a placeholder, okay? It's not just a filler sermon series. We're going to introduce some significant things for Frontier Church's philosophy of ministry moving forward. And while our vision as a church is not changing, it's going to be deepening. And the spiritual disciplines are a core component of that deepening. So get excited for that sermon series. But tomorrow we're going to be studying 1 John chapter 5. That's the last chapter in the the epistle, verses 1 through 12. And as John's letter begins to draw to a close in the final chapter, John is going to make an amazing theological case for the trustworthiness of Jesus. So John... John's aware of the hardships that are in these churches that he's writing to. He knows that people are leaving the church. He knows that the demonic spirit of the Antichrist is ravaging these churches. And so he knows that these churches, if they're not careful, they're flirting with cynicism. They're asking questions like, can we really trust Jesus? Can we really stake our lives on? Can we really depend on Jesus? And John says, yes. And the way that he makes his case is he refers to the testimony of God through three different elements. The water, the blood, and the spirit. But I think that a significant part of maturing in Christ means that we as Christians learn to wean our trust off of things, ideas, and people that are not ultimately Jesus. So that's... That's the main thing that I think the Spirit wants to accomplish tonight in your prayer life. I think He wants to peel your trust off of things and people that will fail you. So that when these things and people inevitably fail you, you don't make a shipwreck of your faith because your faith was caught up in those things. So let's begin, as we settle into prayer tonight, let's begin with a really simple prayer that we'll pray together tomorrow morning as a church. Heavenly Father, will you help us identify our misplaced trust tonight? And by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us centralize it once again in you. So this is going to be a surprise to a lot of us, but there's a real sense of cynicism that runs all throughout the Bible. It's not just postmodern people who are cynical. Christians aren't people who gullibly place their trust in mankind and who gullibly place their faith in themselves. And so the Bible has a real streak of cynicism in it. The Bible's clear about this. Here's a few Psalms that are really... Really straightforward about mistakes that we can make with where we place our trust. The psalmist says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and on that very day his plans perish. Here's another it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And another, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The warhorse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might, it cannot rescue. We should be really cynical about placing our trust in people in human beings, and ideas. So, Heavenly Father, would you help us be honest with ourselves tonight if our trust is more bound up in a political party than in your Son, Jesus Christ? If our trust is more deeply devoted to the American dream than to your dream? Or if our trust clings more tightly to the promises of health and wealth rather than the promises of Jesus? God wants to help you place your trust in the one place that it'll never rust tonight, Jesus. So, it's perfectly human to be deeply disappointed in human leaders, especially those who are supposed to represent us. So, regardless of how you felt about it, I know a lot of people were really disappointed in the presidential debate last week. Even if that wasn't you, even if you weren't thrown off kilter by that, we all have experiences where leaders or mentors or pastors or people we admire or look up to fail us or they walk away from the faith, and it leaves us heartbroken. And honestly, it's okay to experience grief in those moments, and sorrow and sadness. That's perfectly human, and it's compatible with, your, it's compatible with following Jesus. But yet, could it be that God also uses those moments to wean our faith away from men and women and fallible people, so that it can be more truly and powerfully rest in Christ and Christ alone? What reasons, what reasons have people given you to not place your faith in them? And what reasons has God given you to place all of your faith and all of your trust and all of your hope in Jesus with your whole heart? Lord Jesus, nobody is dependable like you are dependable. You are the perfect fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises. Jesus, you are the truer and better hero of every Old Testament story. You are Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end and the supremacy of your unchanging nature is the essence of our trust. So help us by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to place our trust in Christ and Christ alone tonight. Amen. All right, church, come prepared tomorrow to think deeply about why Jesus is just completely and totally trustworthy. Here's John's case from chapter five. We're gonna look at this tomorrow. He says, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is truth. For there are three that testify the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree." That's it, guys. That's John's case for the trustworthiness of Christ. His case is that Jesus came by water, blood, and Spirit. What in the world does that mean? We're going to explore that tomorrow in depth. But tonight, as it comes to a close, as your Saturday comes to a close, as you start to look forward to Sunday morning, pray deeply for our church. Come to church tomorrow prepared to speak a word of encouragement into somebody's life or a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or a word of encouragement. But whatever you come with tomorrow morning, make your Sunday count. I'll see you guys then.